I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. Hello! Before we get started today on the show, I want to thank everyone who's reached out to me on Twitter following the Ricky Morton watch-along last week. We smashed our previous first-day download number and have had great feedback across the board, so I really do appreciate you checking it out. I suspect we may have some new listeners for this week, and I thank you for sticking with us. As a quick origin story, this podcast came about because I, a near 35-year fan of pro wrestling, unfortunately was not able to see this great territory of Mid-South when it first aired as I grew up in the UK and my access to wrestling was pretty much limited to the end of our domestic British wrestling run on ITV and then on to the World Wrestling Federation from there. So now I've covered right on 18 months of television shows and it's fair to say I'm completely hooked. The guest hosts who have kindly come on have ranged from people who have lived through this era in the first place wrestled in it like Ricky and also those who have never seen it before, which brings a unique spectrum of different perspectives. Along with the weekly Mid-South reviews released 36 years to the day after they aired, there was also a monthly retro review show this month in wrestling history along with Dan Phillips and other special guests covering a historic wrestling event from that month. And oftentimes my picks are unintentionally awful, having just covered WCW Uncensored 1995, which I can safely say is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life, and that isn't just including wrestling. Coming up on April 1st, we have a very special show um, with Mark Dunderdale and Stuart Roberts, two regular co-hosts and decades-long friends, looking back over our first transatlantic wrestling adventure 20 years prior, WrestleMania 17, which we all attended in person. Myself and Dan will also be doing a fairly whistle-stop review of this year's WrestleMania, coming up in a couple of weeks, also at the end of the April 13th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. I'm always interested in chatting and hearing about how people fell in love with the sport of Kings. So if you're interested in coming on the show in the future, please do reach out to me at MidMoments on Twitter and we'll work out a time to record. Particularly if you grew up watching Mid-South Wrestling and attended live shows and or the TV tapings in Shreveport, but don't let that be a barrier if you didn't. Thanks very much for listening and supporting the show. And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. We welcome back to the show this week, Pete Norris, one half of Force and Motion tag team, but now one half of the new Appendix Boys tag teams. How are you doing, Pete? I'm good, mate. The Appendix Boys in the house. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you tell? So basically, we've known each other now for what is it, twenty seven years? I think it is. Yeah. Um, best man at each other's weddings, but you took the kind of um, lasting friendship quite far uh, in terms of sort of matching up and things you have in common a few weeks ago. So what happened to you? Was it three or four weeks ago now? Yeah, you you know you know how it is between mates. You always want a bit of competition. And yeah, I exactly. Had, you'd uh, you know you'd had the appendix drama, had it removed. <laughs> Obviously, I had to uh, you know try and try and emulate that. And uh, yeah, three three or four weeks ago, three a.m. Shooting pains, lower right hand side, <laughs> straight up to the hospital, and yeah, appendix out. It was the, uh, the bit that I'm mad. astonished by is that you managed to drive yourself to the hospital. Yeah, that was a bit silly in hindsight, but you know, I just, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. I also put the bins out, if you can believe that. <laughs> it, it was bin day, and I always find if you don't, if you miss bin day, that messes up your whole week. Oh yeah, so, big time. Uh, Especially recyclables. So, is it? Do you find that recyclables are the like the worst thing? Because there's never enough space for cardboard boxes. Absolutely, and I pride myself on a lovely layout of recycling. So <laughs> I will have the bottles and the glass items in the pink sacks. That will be one area, and then I have the cardboard in the cardboard box in a separate area. And I, 
imagine that the bin men look at that display and they think this guy knows what he's doing when it comes to recycling. <laughs> but are so they? Obviously, are they? Sorry, quick question. Are they? Ki- I didn't want to let it slide there. No, are they kind? Then they look at your display of recyclables and, and actually leave your bins in a reasonable state when they pick them up, or are no, they all over the no, road? No, they're all over no. the road. And actually, our neighbour put a sign on the bins during the uh, I don't know the first lockdown, but whenever it was, saying "Thank you, bin men." <laughs> and she watched them. They didn't even look at it. They just chucked it away, chucked the bin lid oh, off. Really? Look at this handwritten message. Oh, and just uh, yeah, they, they weren't interested. So it's quite good. But yeah, a um, couple of days in hospital and uh, recovery. On the road to recovery now. So I, I had the same. Yeah. I had a. Uh, I don't know. I said this on. So when I went to WrestleMania in. New Orleans in 2018, um, me and my wife and another couple who we met in America, um, we'd already, already knew them. We didn't, didn't meet them and then decide to go on holiday with them. I should just clarify that. Um, we went down to near Cancun for a couple of weeks for like all inclusive and like with three or four days to go, mine was basically about to explode. So I had to have it out in, in, in a hospital in Mexico, which um, cost the good people at American Express travel insurance. I think it was about $35,000 to get me in that oh in that God. private hospital. Um, and the next day, I spent the whole day watching NXT TakeOver in between naps and also um, the best of Bruno Sammartino. I just passed away that weekend. So, yeah, I don't think perhaps your hospital experience wasn't quite as good as that, but perhaps we shouldn't shouldn't slag off our, uh, our health service on and make this a very political podcast. Well, I had a lot of... Um, I had a lot of... American colleagues, you know, when I started working again and doing phone calls and stuff, and they were like, "Oh, you know, I bet it cost you a fortune." And yeah, you know, and 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 I said, "No," I said, "I was actually must have looked so rough when I was coming out of the hospital." Even the guy on the gate in the car park, it's just said to me, "I'm going to open the gates. Don't worry about paying." He just let me straight out. <laughs> so you drove said, home after that as well. I drove home. Yeah, you weren't supposed to drive, are you? Like I did ask. They said it's okay. You've not had anything uh, too bad okay. in terms of painkillers. So they said, oh, you can drive, that's fine. That's so interesting, because I suppose the advice from different, you know, you probably get that where, where, whether you go to different hospitals in this, you know, a few miles apart, you get different advice. But they told me not to drive for a couple of weeks because they were worried about me um, ripping, the, ripping the internal stitches, basically. So yeah, I'm no, glad I didn't it, say that to you at the time. But yeah, crikey, that's a nightmare, isn't it? It was silly. I know it was silly. But all I was thinking was, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm sitting at home, I've called 999, they're going to say, What's the problem? I'll say, yeah, I think my appendix has gone a bit funny. They're going to say, okay, we'll get you an ambulance. But how long is that ambulance going to take? It's going to oh, take yeah. ages. So I was thinking, I just want to get there. So I'm saying, jump in the car, automatic, you know, you know, automatics, you know, you're an automatic <laughs> fan like me. Big time. Why, yeah. have any, why have manuals? So, you know. Yeah, we have a I'm lot doing, of manuals in this country. It's an absolute farce, to be honest, there we go. St- yeah, for the American stick shift. Stick so, shift. So, yeah, so, I just, you know, put my foot down go kart all the way to the hospital i'm about five minutes away and and uh, you know i think all's well that ends well i suppose yeah absolutely so yeah welcome back on the show so we're gonna have a look today at the march 30th 1985 um episode of we're gonna do a do a watch along but um as i always say you don't have to be watching along to hopefully enjoy this uh the show perhaps i shouldn't say to hopefully enjoy because we haven't recorded it yet so it could be an absolute turd of a podcast but let's hope it's going to be a good one so um this is an interesting timing because not only did this air the day of a um a mid-south superdome show um it also which we'll talk about in a bit it also aired the day before the very first wrestlemania which um included a number of um previous people that had been in been in mid-south particularly nikolai volkov was in there obviously wendy richter we saw briefly in some um some matches as well and, and, and a few more in there so yeah this is this is a really interesting time wrestling so 
this is gonna this is um on youtube this is nine so if you're searching for this it's 1985 03 28 e290 miss so once again whoever's very kindly loaded these episodes up for me to watch and review you've got the date wrong it's a, it aired on the march 30th not the 28th of march so we'll count down from three two one and then we'll hit play um and then we're gonna we're gonna talk through this you ready peter let's go let's do this right are we going to be beaten by technology? It doesn't say. So can you see everything is, is looking okay? Your end. We're about to get into the credits coming up. I can see everything. Oh, great. Excellent. I'm just going to turn that down. So, because we don't want to, don't want any copyright claims on the thing. So um, this is the first, so we, we've sort of, we, we have sort of briefly watched this show already, um, but this is the first time I'm trying to remember when you were last on. It's about three or four months. So quite a lot's happened in that time in Mid-South. Yeah. I, I found this episode so much smoother and, more polished than the previous one we watched which was interesting yeah a couple of months ago so i don't know if that maybe is reflective of of it improving rapidly but yeah i really enjoyed this one i think that we just got a dub before yeah i think what had happened is that um so so if you if you think of like uh the the autumn time in 1984 that was a real sort of the end of kind of a creative high point of 84 and then they were a bit iffy around christmas time and then this this period now we're starting to see quite a lot of sort of fairly revolutionary stuff on this show and stuff that you would later see you know if you watch a nitro or raw from years later this is stuff that became you know the brawling in the crowd and like there was a brawl on the crowd last week and it's like yeah. all this stuff is revolution I, ne- I hadn't ever seen any of this stuff before so yeah it's um it's it's it's, it's certainly hitting the hitting the right beats at the moment unfortunately we've got um boy pierce and, and uh bill watts not joel watts bill's son who's my absolute favorite this week um and these the guys are just running through that we've got brickhouse brown kamala the barbarian chris adams and kerry von eric will be here who chris adams has refused to face and um, there's a quite an amusing bit here because bill says there's a lot of things happening and they were supposed to start a new tv title tournament but they postponed it for one week even though they have the entries and the brackets and the ten thousand dollar price and um, what did you make of that because obviously they've just uh just decided that you know we're not doing it we're not going to tell you why basically this well, week. What, but why why i didn't understand yeah, we didn't why know. They, they didn't tell it. us yeah they didn't tell <laughs> and us it comes back up later as well they talk about it later it sounds really good and then yeah it, like, yeah we're not going to do it this week they start it. They start it next week. And one of the things that the Mid South is infamous for with their TV title is the, the the tournament brackets on a big bit of cardboard. I don't know if you've seen me tweet that out, but I'll tweet yeah. that out next week. So obviously, someone it rather than I mean, TV graphics are you know in their infancy here, but it's like someone's basically got to do this. So coming on screen now, did you spot the T-shirt that Jake Roberts was wearing here? I think he, I think he it's a bit clearer later on, but he's got a, a tour T-shirt from someone from the United Kingdom here. So did you spot who this was? No, I didn't see this. So J- Jake Roberts is out with Bill Watts, basically, at the moment, and he's in a Rod Stewart tour T-shirt, oh, believe yeah. it or not. Uh, basically here, he's complaining that he wasn't the number one seed in the TV title tournament. And Robert said he'd beaten down the champion. And Watt said that didn't count because it happened after the match. Robert said he had the deadliest move in all of wrestling today in the DDT. And Watt's added that you could make you could take a loaded gun out there and shoot someone, but it's That's not legal. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, wasn't it? But it's not legal and a move is only legal if you can do it in the match. So... Snake said that anytime Terry Taylor feels like he's ready to step out there again, he's ready for him. And Watt said that Taylor is now the North American champion and he's never backed down from a challenge. Uh, Watt's added they also have Kerry Von Erich here this week, who's the number one contender for the World's Heavyweight title. And Roberts added that Ric Flair had given him a call the other day 
And in case he's wondering, he is the sort of man who could be bought. So basically foreshadowing potential issues with Kerry later on in the show here. Uh, what do you think of Boyd's Mid-South um, blazer here? And do you think I should add that to the um, the list of items available at redbubble.com forward slash Mid-South moments? <laughs> yeah, I think you should. I mean, yeah. that'd be great. I mean, That's you know, I've got, I've got my own T-shirt. I mean, I've got my... Uh, Absolutely, my yeah. Um, I watched Beyond the Map the other day. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah. Jake the Snake, very different to how he is here. I mean, you know... He's he's really good in this whole episode, so it's yeah, very yeah. different to see him in that. I don't, how much of that do you feel was contrived? His kind of presentation and be on the map, or do you think it was all genuine? I think Jake Roberts always knows when the camera is on him, and he is yeah. a is a natural performer, and he probably doesn't even really know the difference at this point. I would say there was another documentary with him which actually got rave reviews. Do you know, you know, Diamond Dallas Page? I'm sure you've heard of him, haven't you? Yeah. 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 So he he did this thing where um, he did basically a yoga program, which was like, a, you know, re- like apparently really, really good for all these wrestlers in their forces. Like some of them swear by it. They've got all their mobility back and everything. And um, DDP basically did a documentary with Jake where he sort of saved his life pretty much. It was quite deep stuff in terms of like turning him around from being an addict. But I, I found, I found that I, I got about halfway through that, and I never went back to it. Um, but I, I felt that there was, you know, there was some real, some real serious issues and stuff in that documentary. But I did feel like how much of this is yeah. a performance rather than, um, you know, legitimately what was going on here. I'm sure there's probably shades of grey in there. And um, in ring, we're seeing one of sort of one of the problems when we touched on this uh, at the start. One of the problems with some of the Mid South episodes is. This is obviously this is taped beforehand, but on this day is one of their big, the kind of big uh, quarterly or or three year shows. So they can't really advance angles too much on this show because there's stuff happening. They taped it already, and there's stuff happening, and then that will be the next run of matches kind of thing. So what yeah. we, what we've got here is um, basically a recap um, of a tag match between Josh Stroud and Brickhouse Brown versus Doctor Death and Hercules. Um, and Watt said he thought without a doubt Stroud and Brickhouse would be beaten, but Brown has proved that a shadow of a doubt that he was he was Mid-South standard. Um, and that led to us to basically in this match as well, there was quite a moment where um, ultimately Her- Brickhouse Brown pinned Hercules and Joel Watts screamed, oh no, what an upset, which I, th- which I'm, I think he meant, oh yes, rather than oh no, because he was supporting the, the baby face yeah. here. So in the ring next was the man of the moment, Brickhouse Brown going up against um, Jack, which I get, I think Brickhouse looks a little bit like Little Richard here, doesn't he, actually? He does. And I also thought of Saved by the Bell when I saw Jack Victory. Um, so yeah, kind of a kind of a weird one. Who did you think Jack Victory looked like? Is that, like a Zach Morris? Yeah. Really? <laughs> a beefy, beefier version. Zach, Zach Morris when it's, it's all gone slightly wrong. Do you know that um, Saved by the Bell, there's a, like a new version of that now um, that's on one of the US streaming services, but isn't available here. And like the people, uh, most of the original cast is in it. And like even Zach pops up. I think his son is is like in in TV land. Son basically is the main character in it. Have you heard of that? No. No, it's not made any smash over here at all. No one's picked up. I think it's on, maybe it's on Peacock actually, which is the NBC thing um, that's just bought the rights to WWE Network. Have Have you heard any of this stuff? about peacock and the wwe network i don't know if, that, if, that's, <laughs> no, if that's on your radar great name so basically that this streaming service as we as we watch Brickhouse and jack victory um has basically purchased the exclusive rights to wwe network you know in in the states 
but yeah. they, there's a few things they didn't realize that they were letting themselves in for this. So, so someone or, or a numerous people at the moment are going through the back catalog, which I think is about 17,000 hours of content and editing yeah. out the questionable stuff. So, you know, you see like on yeah. um, old, car- like old cartoons, old TV shows, like the co- dated cultural references, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think that Peacock under the NBC Universal family are just editing the stuff out. So there's loads of memes all over Twitter. It's like all this stuff you're going to discover, like Vince said this and there was this and there was yeah. that. And it's just like none of the stuff is ready. So all of the back, hardly any of the back catalogue is now available. They originally said that if you had a WWE Network subscription, you'd automatically be migrated over to the new one. That didn't work. So it's just like, it's an absolute disaster zone. I actually got kicked out of my WWE Network because I originally had it for 18 months here in the UK before it was available here sort of legally. I had to have a VPN. And because my address was the address I stayed in New York for one of the WrestleManias I went there, they they kicked me off. So I had to sign back up up to it again, unfortunately. So it was a worrying few moments. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So uh, in ring here, Brickhouse Brown is is on top um, of Jack Victory. What do you think of the hearts on on Jack Victory's um, tights here? Yeah, I mean, I I like um, like Jack Victory. I I, I liked him... um, his, his name after this, Jack Resounding Defeat, I think is more of a preference. <laughs> Spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Brickhouse is just picking him up here and, and hurling, hurling him into the ropes. A little bit of a struggle here. And uh, that was a bit iffy there, wasn't it? So Jack yes. literally sort of tried to reverse him into the ropes, but Brickhouse ended up in the corner. Um, and he's elbowing away as Brickhouse Brown sort of fights back here. Do you think, does do Jack... Victory's red boots match the black tights. I suppose they do, don't they? Well, maybe. Um, what is a brick house? Uh, I suppose I mean, like we, a... we have that expression, don't we? We have a, yeah. a brick shit house. Yeah, I'm yeah. wondering if it's the, is it the equivalent? Yeah, I think it is. Like a, so, the, our expression is like a solid thing, isn't it? So I think that I yeah. think it must be the same thing as brick house is going up to the the top rope here, and he's hitting with a devastating, oh. devastating headbutt to the back of the head. And that's it. Brickhouse Brown has won in three minutes and 20 seconds. Any any thoughts on this as uh, Brickhouse does a little celebratory dance there? Yeah, fairly one way, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. Now, do you see who's coming up next on the, on the, bo- yes. on the bottom of the screen? We've got Sean Michaels versus Kamala um, next. So just, just while that, um, that sort of comes on and starts i'm just going to run through what was on the superdome show on this very day which drew nine and a half thousand people to the superdome so not not one of their their kind of better drawing superdome shows but um you know not you know it's a gate of nearly ten thousand is never te- never terrible so jake roberts actually defeated Shawn michaels at that steve williams defeated terry daniels um in the nwa american heavyweight title so that's the top title in world class kerry von eric defeated chris adams by dq so the title stayed with chris there was a six-man tag team match with Brad Armstrong and Shawn Michaels and Terry Daniels. So Shawn Michaels in a kind of more um, prominent push role there, I guess, on the on the kind of baby face. And, and he was in a winning effort against Ed Carr Thomas, Jack Victory, we've just seen, and Thor. Um, Nord the Barbarian, this is a biggie, beats Butch Reed in a street fight. Um, in a singles match, Michael Hayes, again from World Class, defeated Paul Ellering by DQ in three minutes. Um, and there was a four-corners match and with the Rock and Roll Express, defeating the Road Warriors, the Dirty White Boys and the Fabulous Freebirds, um, plus Terry Taylor defeated Kamala by DQ. So 
Um, on the recap here, we've got um, Terry Taylor and Kamala from a couple of weeks ago in their, in their match here. So Terry Taylor's just become the North American champion, and this is this is basically one of the you know one of the recaps here that of of many on this kind of end of taping thing. Um, any thoughts on on these two from when you when you sort of sort of skimmed through this earlier on? I mean, about thirty seconds ago, there was a really aggressive woman came out of the crowd. I don't know if you... Oh, yeah, I saw that on the original pairing of this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's really into it. Yeah, Um, she was going mad at ringside. I mean, that's real heat there. And poor Terry's busted busted wide open here. Um, But this was a a massive deal because he... um, Terry just got their top title and no one had beaten Kamala. Um, And as as we're going to see, I mean, he he ended up beating him here, um, which which was quite something. Um, as we as they bump the ref in the corner, how do you say? I'm trying. I'm I must must be honest. I'm a bit mixed in ter- mixed up in terms of where on what show or things I've seen. So, did you, have you seen any of the recaps where Kamala's new gimmick is basically going up to the top rope and trying to kill people with big splashes from the top rope? Have you seen any of that at all? No, I'm seeing that yet. I've seen the splashes. He really bangs <laughs> his knees down there, doesn't he? His 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 knees like land about thirty seconds before the rest of his body. So it kind of takes the takes the, the impact away, but I thought this was a really good finish. Yeah, this was, and and this is this goes to show that they're um, yeah the trip over Jake Roberts there and Terry yeah. Taylor gets the one two three. Um, but that you, what you said about Kamala's knees, one of the early ones because because you're not allowed to jump off the top rope as a disqualification, just like you're not allowed to throw people over the top rope. Um, as Kamala attacks Jake Roberts for interfering here, and he's just sort of out of control. But the first time he did the splash that I saw, the knees went firmly into the back of the person that was taking the move, so it yeah. just looked like to- completely, completely brutal. Um, as Terry's being led out here with uh, the Crimson Mass and um, Skandar and Friday cowering away from Kamala, so the whole thing here is that after, you know after this defeat, Kamala is um, is is sort of too way too difficult to control now, basically. So oh, right. yeah, poor Shawn Michaels is um, is not in from a it's probably not in for a particularly enjoyable evening now. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Here we go. Jim Ross, Young yeah, Jim, Jim Ross. Ross is in the ring. Um, Okay, yeah. So this is this is fairly. So basically, Kamala's attacking Michaels here, uh, and Michaels is just in, like a world of well, look at that sell job for Michaels. There. That's incredible. So he's doing a really good job here. I mean, you who would have believed that this guy was like? I mean, not that he has he's looked bad in these um in these mid south matches, but who would have believed that he would be such a big star and one of the best North American wrestlers of all time? Um, and yeah, he's only it's, young. It's, it's true. It's it's absolutely amazing, really, because. You know, although, like you say, he's selling those 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 impacts really well. Um, what really, you know, in his look and his makeup is is just the same as like Jack Victory or any of those other people that you know, just really. completely disappear. I mean, he becomes one of the one of the biggest of all time. And you think, what did you, what did they, what did they, apart from, I mean, obviously good, good ring mechanic, but he was quite small um, as, as uh, Michaels is down on his back, lying on his front here. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Kamala hits him with a big splash off the top, off the top rope, but very much knees first here. And Michaels is just selling this like, he, you know, he's in a world of pain here as, uh, as Kamala lands chops into his midsection. Uh, I think that's Tim Horner is out to try and make the save. Yeah. Terry Daniels in there. Uh, these guys are just being dealt with in, in short order here, basically. Um, you see the crowd in the background reacting as the as the various wrestlers are coming out. Yeah, Friday's kind of staying out of the way. Yeah, and Terry <laughs> Taylor's just been lobbed over the top rope there, and he's got his big bandage on on it's his head up, as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think um, I think if I, if memory serves me correctly, uh, so yeah, on the outside, Skandar tries to nail Terry Taylor into the into the ring post, and he takes a uh, a good bump from a right hand. I think Friday's about to get yeah. Friday, this is brutal coming up here. So Friday's got him. Yeah, bump. this is great. Taylor's got him up for the pile driver, and he pile drives him on the floor. I mean, I, I don't want to give anything away for next week too much, but basically, I'm led to believe that's the move that took him out of wrestling. So yeah, I'm not sure. Friday that looks real, totally yeah, real. He, he's I love he's it selling well. his unbelievable here so kamala's picking him up off the floor yeah and, and yeah he's just out completely out of it isn't he he's trying and yeah, kamala's yeah. yeah he hoists him over his back <laughs> carrying him so back. Good. poor fright poor friday i think that's a, he's got to get over this weird bit? gate thing yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, <not doing> <laughs> he's opening the gate taking back stage do you think that was a bit much from taylor there in terms of uh, did friday yeah, want that? could have killed him well exactly that that pile driver um in uh Basically, in storyline reasons, a lot of territories, that pile driver, that pile driver was back. I mean, that's crikey. I wouldn't have yeah. to taken that. No, they banned the pile concrete? driver in a lot of places because it was so dangerous. I mean, yeah. WWE doesn't really do don't, doesn't really do pile drivers for, for one, actually, but for that very reason. It's just it's just considered too um too dangerous. So that match, believe it or not, and it didn't look like it was a Michaels victory, but ended in a Shawn Michaels victory by disqualification. Because he um, he was attacked at the bell, so he got the winner's share of the purse that night. Even though he, I'm not sure who ended up worse out of that one, Sean or um, or Friday. Who do you think? <laughs> definitely Friday. Yeah, definitely Friday. <laughs> Friday was in bad shape. Good, bad shape. I wonder what Kamala must have been thinking about when he was opening that gate. I mean, he just must have thought, just get me out of here. I've got a carry. I'm sure it's not. I mean, he's a strong guy, but I'm sure that Friday wasn't, you know, light to carry. So, um, yeah, that was uh, that was great. So, back from break, um, Watson Boyd recapped another angle from last week with the Barbarian um, John Nord attacking Josh Stroud after the match and ending up in a showdown with Butch Reed. Um, and this, um, as, as 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 I mentioned a couple of times, this unfortunately is sort of classic filler before the big show at the end of the taping. Yeah. Um, and what seemed somewhat amused uh, by this on commentary. Um, as so when we go back to him so basically in the ring at the moment um uh the barbarian and reed are are fighting um, but unfortunately yeah. for poor reed try to take his jacket off which was a, which was a mistake that wasn't move. it and what happens yeah. is so just explain uh what we're seeing well yeah they're just tearing his three-piece suit off yeah they <laughs> are. Commentator. i mean I wonder if this... uh, the thing i found weird about this was that he's 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 got a pair of blue wrestling pants on underneath Hasn't he? So, so he's got the blue pants. We would say pants. So Americans, I don't know what they would briefs. What, I think briefs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is he just going around wearing those under all his clothes? The, the, are they the, definitely the, not normal briefs? Do you think they are not normal briefs? I think they're wrestling. I think they're. I think they're. Well, they're sports briefs. When did you? you uh, when did you graduate from a brief to a boxer? I don't know. I want to say around nineteen ninety six. I was thinking age rather than year, but <laughs> I used to have some terrible pants back in the day. Pants was his trousers, but I'm saying pants in in terms of briefs. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess it well, we was... used to wear suits, didn't we? We used to wear suits on nights out. That's unbelievable now. I know. You look at yeah, the, the sort of kids, you know, Friday, Saturday night going out on the town. Not at the moment, obviously, but in general. You know, we used to meet up on a Friday and say, come on, lads, let's all put on our suits let's tonight. Suit time. We were like 17, 18. The thing is, though, yeah. people wore jeans and you couldn't... Oh, sorry, people wear jeans on nights out now. You couldn't wear yeah. jeans in most of the clubs we went to, could you? You had no, to wear trousers. No. No. So it's mad how things have changed. Um, 
on commentary, uh, we're just seeing what um, cut a promo with uh, with Jim Ross here with his ripped suit. Um, but what seemed really really amused um, by this, <laughs> basically set up while it was going on, um, said that Reed was stripped down to his designer boxes, even though we've obviously already touched on that they weren't boxes. Um, yeah, and Butch basically said in this interview that he was challenging the Barbarian to a street fight and upcoming, yeah, and as we to know, that took place in the Superdome show. So as I said, um, spoiler alert, Butch didn't win that. So Butch is kind of um, probably number two babyface in the promotion. So clearly they were looking to um, to push the Barbarian at this point, um, even though they hadn't right. been in the promotion all that long. Um, so yeah, Jim Jim Ross. How old do you think Jim? I know the answer. So how how old do you think Jim Ross was here? I actually think he's probably younger than than I think because you know the 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 hairstyle and the clothing probably ages him a little bit. So I want to say he is probably twenty nine there. Twenty nine. Okay, he's yeah. actually he's actually thirty three. Believe it or not, there. Okay. Yeah, okay, but I know what you mean about the. And I also think um, as well that he he'd been around the wrestling business for um, probably six or seven years at this point. And I think it's fair to say from from his books that the lifestyle was quite a heavy one. I think it's probably fair to say as well. So yeah. a kind of a, the equivalent of a of a tough paper round, as we'd say, as people get old. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, these guys were. He was working all hours and probably you know having a few drinks at the end of the end of the day. Hence why he's um he's probably a little bit aging for some. Though, though actually, for now, I don't think he, it, I think Jim's in in pretty good shape for now for someone in yeah, his sort certainly. of mid sixties. Um, so yeah, in ring we've got um. The Barbarian and Mike Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, pretty, Mike. Pretty. Go on, go no, go on. You go, you go. I was going to say, is just Mike Jackson basically being picked up and thrown around? He's, yeah. So this slam the after slam and this. The commentator but, goes, he's throwing him around like a sack of a sack of, and like you, you're kind of making up. You're like, what potatoes? You know, sack of shit. Yeah. Then, dirty. He comes out with dirty laundry. <laughs> dirty i tell you what he took an awful bump on his knees from a kind of um a kind of a drop there but believe it or not mike jackson had a, had a match just before the pandemic in his 70s i think he's wrestled no since as well yeah and looked really impressive in doing it but unfortunately this is um this is a tough <laughs> night at the office as well after being dropped from his knees from about seven foot he's in he's in yeah. the full nelson the elevated full nelson um and the ref called for this in just over 90 seconds um so oh, yeah okay. poor uh Poor Mike. I mean, this guy's actually brute, isn't it? What is that hair? That's uh, I know. I mean, that's very, um, very tight curls. Yeah, very tight curls, and maybe a little bit trimmed at the side. But um, I think as well. Um, look, I'm, and I can say this as a man that suffers with uh with a receding hairline. I think that hair probably wasn't all that long for the for the well. Though actually, when he was in the WF later, he did have some hair, but maybe um maybe not on the top. So next up, back from break, um. What's this is a weird one actually. So we get a promo of DiBiase, um, and basically yep. DiBiase cut in and then said that this is the second time something with Duggan was causing him to leave. But actually, he hadn't. He lost the loser leaves town match at the Superdome show on this day that hadn't happened when this aired. Right. So it's yeah. really weird that they um, they said that. And actually, what he was doing, he was going to to work all Japan on a tour for I think five or six weeks which was um hugely hugely lucrative for these guys at this point going to do these tours in in japan so whatever contract or lack thereof probably word of mouth agreement that that ted was working with mid-south at the time um, would have allowed him to do those those dates so 
a lot of big American wrestlers around that time would work these and and, and the Japan and, and actually quite a lot of them would exclusively work Japan because it would be sort of five or six weeks on and then a month or so off, which is kind of still the way it is today, actually, the way that the Japanese wrestling is is different from the way that I mean, Japanese wrestling is essentially an arena business with, with some pay-per-views, really, but not a weekly television presentation like North American wrestling or British wrestling was back in the day. Um so yeah, we're, we're going back in ring now, and we've got Doctor Destiny Williams and Chris Adams versus Tom Pritchard and Terry Daniels. So we've got some interesting haircuts at the time in this, haven't we? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of there's two business on the top and part at the back for these two guys here. Oh yeah, definitely M- yeah. mullets in the house. Uh, I liked it because um, Chris Chris Adams, um, uh, Englishman. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he was. They introduced uh, him as an Englishman. I thought, well, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Private Terry Daniels. I don't. Was he on the last time that you? He was the uni- He was the uniform guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. He, so they stopped. The uniform out. They've stopped. They've stopped. They've stopped letting him have the uniform now because I think the last one that took thirty-one <laughs> seconds is just yeah. like this, this can't. <laughs> this can't be a thing anymore. Um, no. you, here's an interesting. Interesting fact for you about Chris Adams that Steve Austin married his first wife. Oh right. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, Chris is no longer with us. I think a bit, bit of a bit of a grisly. Um, Actually, was it? I can't. I'm, I'm unfortunately we've lost so many, so many wrestlers over the years that it's it's kind of sometimes that the you know things merge, stories merge into merge into one. But I don't think sure. his um, his final days were particularly. Um, let's just have a look at this while we get um, these guys in the ring. So yeah, um, in April two thousand, Adams and his girlfriend of four months were both found unconscious in a friend's apartment, um, the victims of an overdose of the drug GHB and alcohol. Oh Adams God. recovered, but his girlfriend died at a local hospital 10 hours later. Um, over a year later, Adams was indicted on a manslaughter charge, but on October 7, 2001, while awaiting trial, he was fatally shot in the chest during a drunken brawl with a friend. So yeah, crikey, not um, yeah. not the best. I suppose it must have been hard for these guys, especially the guy, because in the 80s, around this time, there was just a lot more jobs for wrestlers because the WF was just, just was, was national, but there were all these other promotions as well. But you think if you yeah. get to like 45, you know, what earning potential would be particularly, unless you get a job as a, you know, a road agent or something or something in creative, what are you going to do? And like, you've gone from the adulation and, you know, being, you know, the most popular man in every bar in the local area to nothing, I suppose, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course. And obviously, physically, it becomes much, much harder at that stage as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they talk about that with footballers, don't they, in terms of like, what yeah. do you do next? But I suppose the difference now is that the footballers earn so much money that they're, you know, they're kind of set for life. But the guys in the 80s, the traditional thing for, for football players in our, com- our, our country would be to buy a pub, wouldn't it? Yeah, thing. Buy a pub. Would, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if you've, that Stuart Pearce, um, famous footballer in the in england uh, english footballer and um, he was an, an electrician he was always like a fully yeah. qualified electrician he could he did that as a kind of day job and he his plan was always well look i'll do football for a little bit and then go back to being an electrician you know they always had a kind of fallback career a lot of the, a lot of the, the sort of i suppose smarter ones had something that they could go back and do well, he talked about that quickly, Kevin, didn't he? In terms of like, yeah. he didn't want to leave that because he was earning more money doing that than he was as a, yeah. you know, a younger yeah. footballer. And um, just cutting back to the show, so Chris Adams basically just just um, kind of took Daniel's head off with a great super kick um, for the one, two, three there. And we've got 
Kerry Von Erich versus Thor, who's the future Nails. Do you remember Nails from the Riff? I suppose that might have been around the time that you yeah, were. I, yeah, I, I did. I, he, yeah, and I went, I, I Googled Nails after that. And I thought, oh, I, don't know, I remember this guy, Nails. And he had a feud with Big Boss Man, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I love this quote. He claimed to be innocent of his brackets, unspecified crimes, <laughs> which was great. And the feud culminated in a nightstick match at Survivor Series. Uh, and he also choked Vince McMahon, which I thought was great. Yeah, he had a he had a back he had a backstage kind of set too with Vince McMahon. I think about a payoff or something. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he did after that, but I really think I don't know if you're familiar with what Steve Austin looked like in WCW. But yeah, this yeah. Thor looks exactly like Stunning Steve yeah. Austin. Like the hair is exactly the same. He's probably a little bit taller. Um, but Kerry um, was just a megastar at this point. Do you, do you know the story about Kerry's and his and his leg in his later career? No. No. So Kerry lost basically, basically a foot in um in I think eighty seven or eighty eight. So his WWF run in like nineteen ninety one, um, and maybe into summer ninety two. But unfortunately, before he, he passed away himself, he only, he had a prosthetic foot. So he was able to wrestle with, you know, with this on. It's, it's like an unbelievable thing that this guy was able to, right. and, and only it all came out after his death, but it's a kind, of, kind of an unbelievable tale that this guy was able to be still a very good athlete. But again, unfortunately, another one with sort of the wrestling terminology is the demons, but, you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of drug yeah. problems. But it's, it's, it's difficult to understate what a megastar this guy um, this guy was, especially in, especially in Texas and a few other places. I mean, they, I've heard people talk about, you know, the Beatles coming to town in Dallas and the reaction that the Von Erichs got was like miles more than, yeah. than that. So, yeah. Well, the commentator says at one point um, that a few ladies fainted on that last move. <laughs> so he, <laughs> he references the popularity. I love it as well when they say, stacking it tall and tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 uh, these two comments are really good. The thing I like about Bill Watts' commentary is like a narrator um, rather than a kind of a traditional wrestling commentator, but he is he is good. But my favourite by far is Joel. Um, unfortunately, yeah. next time, hopefully, you'll, you'll get to experience Joel. Um, he's, he's, I mean, Thor is big here. He's, he's probably quite a bit... How much taller than Kerry do you think he is? He's probably like a good couple of inches taller than him, isn't well, he? I think Kerry's 6'3". Yeah, he must be 6'6". He yeah, he must be. I mean, he, I don't know, like you, you tell me, but watching him here, his kind of figure and, you know, his, his, I don't know, just the way he imposes himself on it, it, it. This looks like he could have been a better, doesn't it? The nails. I mean, his nails are not a little bit underwhelming for what this guy looks like here. I mean, he looks yeah. like he could be a superstar and that doesn't seem like. The, the thing, that, the thing that that's difficult is that. If you, this so this this match is two and a half minutes. Um, yeah. I think before yeah. um, we're about to get a to foreshadowing, but there might there may or may not be uh, some interference very shortly. But I think the thing that's that's important to remember is he looks fine here in two and a half minutes as Kerry yeah. puts his path to claw on. But the they'd claw. expect him at this point to go probably not not as long as now. Because you might, he might, his expectations might have just been pinned with a claw with the foot across his chest, the, the knee across his chest from uh, Kerry. The expectation probably would be down there that can you do a solid 10 minutes on a house show? And yeah. If he couldn't do that 
and actually, uh, you know, perhaps his offense, perhaps because some big guys they didn't they didn't use their size well, um, and they you know they they, they they their work didn't hold up, and like, they weren't aggressive enough and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't know, I don't know, not I don't know too much about him really, apart from that mainly that nails run. Um, as we yeah. get J- Jake yeah. Roberts basically has come out and he's attacked. Kerry made a, a silly mistake there, didn't he, in turning his back on Turn Jake? That was stupid. Yeah. yeah, turned his back. What do you make of Jake's uh, pajama bottoms here? Yeah, almost flares, aren't they? They are flares, I think. Yeah, I don't know why. And he's got laces on the front. So basically, Kerry and uh, oh, what a great super kick. So Kerry and Jake yeah, were yeah. Um, were in in brawl in a brawl there, and and Chris Adams is just basically uh, sent Kerry's jaw into the middle of the next middle of next week. So that so again, that's what that's the big um, big match on the Superdome for those two. So um, these two were in kind of a neighboring promotion, world-class out of Dallas. Um, and they were going for Dallas's top title basically at the time. And, and Kerry was also um, still embroiled in, with, in a few with Ric Flair as Terry Taylor comes out and helps, uh, helps Kerry to the back. And those two will be teaming together next week as the dream team, apparently. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's something to, something to look forward to. Um, so, yeah, in ring, we've got Thor and Chris Adams and Jake Roberts here. Um, they're sort of fairly pleased themselves, aren't they? And Thor, I don't know why I thought, oh, they're back in. And, t- and yeah, I this even, is great. I don't even remember this, actually. <laughs> I don't think I saw this. So, so, yeah, it's good. Yeah, Kerry and Terry basically decided, we're, we're not leaving here, we're going back. And they've gone in and attacked with three. Why was Thor sticking his hands up as if, he's, as if he'd done anything? He just lost, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was great when they came back in. Yeah, that was really good. And the crowd is crowd reacting big in the background to that. So I want to see what's on Terry Taylor's shirt there. I'm sure that's like another another sort of band t-shirt, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure what. Uh, no, but- you can't really see. I, I obviously I heard you talking on, on last uh, the last podcast. Is this is that arena, that building, is that still there? Or is it is it gone? Um, I would assume it's gone, but I don't know actually. Know. I looked this up I looked this up before and I couldn't really find um a definitive answer. I, I wonder if I can put it on uh, go on Google Maps to see if it's still there. But yeah. I um I mean it was it was basically I mean it's basically kind of like a I suppose it's kind of like a leisure center that we would have. Yeah. Um but yeah. as, as I'm sure you probably heard guests talk about, um quite a lot of the wrestling um back then was done in um, done in studios so the main um sort of nwa jim crockett promotions um television show was in a, in, a, in a studio that may have held a hundred um but this was kind of a, um a bit beyond that in terms of um you know this was bigger this probably had five, it doesn't yeah it doesn't come up on um on google maps unfortunately so i think it's probably not there anymore but but around this time they were i mean they, they, i think they did two or three tapings at a time um but they were making, they were getting solid gates for this and selling tickets for it. So I mean, yeah. clearly, clearly, it was a good, um, a good place to to kind of be, really. So, um, in ring now, we've got the team of the Dirty White Boys, and they're going up against Tim Horner and Brad Armstrong. We've are wearing a nice pair of matching baby blue trunks here for this, which is uh, which is a nice touch. Even though actually, one of the heel tag team, the Dirty White Boys, is wearing a very similar pair, albeit slightly clashing with theirs. <laughs> fashion observations yeah fashion observations there so yeah um i don't really know it's a bit messy this isn't it yeah i don't want to talk to make about this so we've got tim tim horner in um at the moment uh one of the dirty white boys is kind of like doing the the old amateur wrestling style um kind of grappling and stuff on the on the floor and um, horner I, I don't i wish we'd done a mullet count but he's uh he's another one with um 
with business on the top high on the back, isn't he? Definitely here. Yeah, I've kind of got that going on myself though at the moment, and it's not deliberate. I just can't get a haircut for another two weeks. So, so when, how have you done it? Growing, I, 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 well, I went for a five all over. I, I did a five all over myself. I got the clippers and just oh, did yeah. it myself, and um, that looked fine for about a day and a half, and then it immediately started looking terrible. And <laughs> my wife's offered to cut it again, but I'm just going to hold it out now. For two weeks. Yeah, it's only a couple of weeks. Yeah, that, that, like I said, so the problem is that the top is a nightmare because you can't yeah. you can't do it at the top. All all we've done is I don't know. If you, you might be able to. Do, I mean, you've done it yourself. You might be able to do the side bits shorter because actually, um, it's not all that dissimilar to trimming a beard. So you can kind of do like maybe like a grade two to about there, as far back as you can see, and just get Gemma yeah. to do the do the back. But then, as you say, it's only um it's only a couple of weeks. But yeah, we are, we've basically been doing that for. Ever since I kind of thought after the first, the second lockdown ended, or the first, maybe the, I was like, I'm, I can't see that I'm ever going to have to do this again. But yeah, I know. yeah it's just it's a, a lot mad, like going on, there, isn't it? Yeah. What, say that again, sorry. Well, you feel like that about a lot of things, don't you? Yeah. You I know, know yeah. when 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 it first when we first came out of it, you thought, oh, that's all right, we've done it now, and then you kind of had to go through it all over again. I know. Yeah. Have you booked um, something in for hairdressers, or you? Uh, no. You I actually saw my barber walking along the high street yesterday. Oh really? <laughs> and he kind of like laughed. <laughs> I thought, as he looked at my hair and laughed. <laughs> that's always a vote of confidence, isn't it? Someone's laughing yeah. at your uh, your hair, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's mad. Who, who would? I mean, I know there's a lot of American listeners who probably don't really understand what we what we what we're talking about but we're in the uk are still still sort of deep within lockdown that we've been in what since the second of jan i think it is now third well, second or third well, of jan where i live in essex we, we've been we've been in it since mid-december because we were the original county tier four ever yeah we're tier four so we've yeah. had this now for months and months and it's really hard to like i said i talk to american colleagues all the time with work and they can't really understand it because i'm like everything is closed the only thing that is open is the supermarket that's yeah. it there's nothing else and yeah. they're there's you know everybody has restrictions but they're still able to kind of go to a restaurant mostly albeit distanced and whatever but you know we we haven't had that for a long long time no i mean uh, what you said about tier four so tier four is kind of like it was basically lockdown, but it, it, yeah. I think you could play golf was about the only thing that was different in my life. But ev- everything, non-essential shops and everything were closed. And we were, you know, we were in that from mid-December. So we couldn't, we couldn't, none of us could legally see another household at Christmas and all that sort of stuff. So we, yeah, we've been in this for, for a long time. It's interesting. We, I mean, we, we went back, we went to Las Vegas back in 2005 Um and I, was, I saw an incredible place on uh, Instagram today, which is called Stadium Swim. And it's got like 100 foot high Megatron <laughs> of like different sports. And it's basically like that. But then Ocean Beach Club, like in the foreground, yeah. it just looked absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it, did, it didn't look absolutely packed today, but it looked pretty busy. I'm just like, this is a different world. But then I've yeah. been seeing a lot. I don't know if you, whether any of your American colleagues said, just as, as we're in the ring here, the Dirty White Boys just winning this in a, with a small drop in three minutes. Um, I don't know if any of your American colleagues. Uh, I, I don't know how. I don't quite know how the vaccine program is working over there. But there's, I've seen quite a number of wrestlers who are younger than me who've had their second dose. So I don't. Know, is it prior? Is it being done privately there, or how's it work? Or like, is it state by state and different I people are ahead kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've, we've got that a little bit here, haven't we? Um, Gemma was saying that um, one of her friends is our age, and they've had it, and they live in. Uh, like southeast london i think it's different parts of the and country they're not asthmatic or anything 
no, no, no. So that's sort of late 30s, you know, if not 40. Um, they're just getting to people when they get to them, I suppose. Yeah, but... yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping that we're going to get it in. Uh, hope, probably, I was originally hoping we're going to get it in April, but I think it's probably more likely to be May now, isn't it? Really, May now, look, isn't it? yeah. At, yeah. yeah um, thanks Paul, to you. <laughs> yeah, Paul Brown is in the ring now, um, and oh, he, he is. I mean, the, it, Paul Brown does not look like a wrestler, and we've got another another one of our countrymen here. Oh. Um, Steve yes. Casey. Um, I know I knew almost nothing about Steve Casey, but having looked him up, he was a regular in the CWA promotion out of Germany in the latter part of his career. He had also previously worked mid Atlantic, mid Atlantic, easy for me to say. He also did some touring with New Japan in 87 88 and lost the dark match to the Brooklyn Brawler at the UK special WF Rampage. WF UK Rampage 1991 show that was main evented by Hulk Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter oh, um, wow. in a WrestleMania rematch, which was a huge deal on Sky at the time. I know you were cably challenged, so I guess that wasn't cably challenged. Yeah, cably challenged, but that was a that was a big deal at the time on Sky. So yeah, Casey again, a Brit that I'd never really. I mean, I think I was probably. I, I imagine he was probably quite a big deal in terms of our wrestling in the early in the earlier part of the eighties, but he was a little bit before my my time. But um, he 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 makes fairly short order here um of his yeah. opponent who is wearing the kind of um kind of singlet style uh wrestling outfit and just like it, it doesn't look like he's seen the inside of a gym for you know, <laughs> maybe ever yeah no it's pretty one way this one isn't it um, there's a point in this i mean i don't know what this is where he kind of does a headstand and then yeah he headstands just out crushes headstands his just, ankle yeah so they're doing, they're doing some grab. I tell you what, they got, I can't remember. What's the guy's... <laughs> oh, Alabama's Paul Brown. Paul Brown looks a little bit like Phil Taylor. If you actually see him in the face, he's got like... He's like early 90s Phil Taylor. Probably one of my... Actually, who would you say is your least favourite sportsman of all time? Would you say? Oh, that is a tough question. That is a tough question. I was actually thinking that for this... Uh, not this specifically, but I was looking back at... Um, UK, uh, World Snooker Championship. Oh, sorry results. to interrupt. He's <laughs> Casey's just back backdrop. Paul Brown. Brown flipped right over and landed feet first on that. So just an absolutely horrific bump. Sorry, back, back yeah. to you. No, I was just going to say quite randomly. I was looking at World Snooker Championship finals, and it was just amazing how many. You know, I love Jimmy White. How many Jimmy White actually lost? So I know, yeah. At the hands of Stephen Hendry over and over again. So I'm going to have to say Stephen Hendry. Stephen Hendry, what I didn't like Stephen Hendry at all back in the day. And there was the, the there was the one that was really close. That was I can't remember what it was first yeah. to now, maybe first to 18. I think it was 18, 17. Yeah, and he was in, wasn't he? And he missed that missed an easy yeah. black, I think. I remember yeah, standing yeah, up yeah, on a because yeah. it was bank holiday month. It was the the second May bank holiday, That's I think, right. wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I mean it's mad, it's mad you think, oh, and it's Casey's one here basically in just over two and a half minutes. Not not a great deal to so that one it's mad to think what some of the how big some of these sports were back in the day especially when the terrestrial oh, yeah. tv channels were a bigger deal wasn't it yeah for sure and um i just on that last match i, I loved the bit where they they call out the different wrestlers names and they go through several different names and one of them is called the dirty dutchman <laughs> <laughs> i want to see more of him yeah i think we all do basically i'm just gonna so there's a there's a slightly slightly i don't know i don't want to say odd because it's it's i think what's his intentions are you know the very best of intentions here but what's here goes off the air talking about a lady that he read about who had suffered with terrible disabilities but her faith got her through it and he said it was tough to feel down when you had faith he talked about the matches to come and boyd said they did it because the fans supported the show so much 
and the house matches where people lived and when they came out to so so yeah i don't know whether yeah. obviously bill had like a a bit of an epiphany know. this week and just yeah it was like yeah. a massively introspective moment wasn't it yeah it was actually quite nice in a way it's a nice yeah. story it's he's talking about that he, he almost he found a pamphlet in his briefcase that someone had given him and he kind of forgotten about and then he read it and he had a really inspirational story that was in the in the magazine or pamphlet uh, you know it's just it's just a kind of and now back to wrestling yeah i don't want to call it strange but it's just it's something no. i played but I, I agree with you it was like a nice moment it's, it's I, do, I do wonder and i wish i could i wish i could um be a fly on the wall or get inside this guy's head because this this guy in in his area super super um super uh successful promoter but the stuff that was happening with the WWF at the time was like it, it, it's it's difficult to understate how different what they were doing or what they were trying to do was versus how wrestling had been for probably over a century as as Bill waves his goodbye and. Um, because yeah. I mean, I, I read the um, Wrestling Observer newsletter that covered WrestleMania One today, um, which is one of the most interesting things I've ever read. Where um, you, I know you, you're you're familiar with Dave Meltzer, but he he basically to start off, he's like, I'm giving up doing this. So I don't like, I don't really like wrestling anymore. I want to be a beach bum and I'm going to work at a soccer magazine or soccer newspaper, which was bizarre in 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 of itself because he's like the most respected wrestling journalist in the world and still going yeah. like 36 years later. Um, but the stuff they talk about the WF, it's like, this is not wrestling. Wrestling fans don't like this, um, you know, etc. And Bill Watts has got this thing where it's like, he, he's, a, he's a pure wrestling promotion. It's yeah. like, well, this is Guy yeah. Vince McMahon has taken the world over. And actually within 18 months, this, this or a little bit more than 18 months, they'd be out of business. They'd have been bought out. So you do wonder the pressures and, yeah, and at what point definitely. this was kind of starting to starting to tell on on uh, Mr. Watts, I think. And do you think maybe a little, little bit as well because his son's involved in it in such a sort of professional capacity, and he's like, they mention his son there, don't they? They say something about, um, uh, oh, you know, the ladies are interested in him or something. They say something nice, and you know, his response to that comment as well. He's kind of like, you know, you almost see him check himself for a second just to yeah stop being emotional it's quite strange i wonder if what you're saying is true that you know per perhaps he they knew they were being overtaken or yeah the, the, the what thing they were the trying to do was was not as successful i don't know they just got their best ever television deal so at that's at this point uh, mid-south and it only lasted three months they they were national as well so they were on wtbs um yeah. there was a thing where the wf had been on it for a year it was always georgia championship wrestling they call it Black Saturday, where people tuned in at 6.05 and it was Vince McMahon. It was the most wretched wrestling show you could ever possibly imagine. It's like, where's Ric Flair and where are all the people that we we grew up watching? So as a result of the fallout of that, Mid-South got on this um, basic cable. So people said, to, you know, people, it wasn't in every home, but the vast majority of America that had basic cable would, could now see Mid-South for the first time ever. So I wonder. I don't know. It's it, it's there's a, a massive melting pot for someone in his his role. Yeah. You know, um, trying to do the business side of things, booking towns, getting wrestlers in and out. He was in, he wasn't the booker, but he was involved in creative as well. I'm sure. So yeah, an interesting um, March 30th, 1985 episode of Mid South Rest Mid South Wrestling, um, and certainly one that um, you know was at the kind of the end of a period and and. We'll be seeing some 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 further feuds and new stuff for the, for the following week. Any any final thoughts on uh, on this episode before we uh, before we get on out of here? No, I thought it was I thought it was a good one. I mean, are we doing a are we doing a, a final uh, Carol 
tonight are we doing a, a musical interlude <laughs> no. i know that was so popular last time <laughs> yeah i think when when we sung that silent was all your night, idea. yeah it was it was my idea i got i think the first message i got was what the hell was that well that's a bit unkind yeah. really um unfortunately i think we were stitched up slightly there by the slight time lag between uh between zoom yeah. wasn't it unfortunately so i'm blaming that for uh yeah that was, that was the only problem that was the only problem yeah the, no cap no musical ca- recital i suppose i don't do easter easter carols a thing i suppose we could, it's nearly easter isn't it but perhaps we'll leave yeah. that one and we'll leave that one this week but yeah any, any final said- words on this um on this march 30th show no 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 good episode enjoyed it um yeah no, good stuff. Good. Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, it was, it, it was it was one of those things. I mean, obviously, the, the push of the Barbarian continues um, and we got, you know, some recap stuff as well. And um, But, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I do understand why they why they why they produce shows like this um, to kind of fill in the gaps where they where they are taping. Um, well, not taping, but when they're about to do a big show at the Superdome or there's a big run of, um, you know, live events, etc. So, yeah, Pete, thank you very much for your time again. And we'll certainly have you on the, on the show in the near future. And I hope you enjoyed the, the watch along. That was really good fun going through that, I think. So, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. We'll do that again. So thank you all for listening, everyone. And we shall speak to you all again very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's number one Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid south moments. <laughs>